Hello, and you are back in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. This is our 16th episode, and today we'll be discussing how the Ripiverse is being sued over the Isom name and the concept of moral capital. So we're going to jump right into it with a development in this Ripiverse lawsuit situation where uh, the Good Shepherd's Ministry, which owns the International School of Ministry, or Isom, is suing Ripiverse LLC over the use of the name Isom because you have the book Isom 1 and Isom 2, both multi-million dollar campaigns, very prominent. And when you become very prominent, you'll have people coming after you. Eric July is no stranger to that. You've got the whole monetize your haters um, section of his channel, which I'm very entertained by. A lot of people are as well. There's a lot of people who have this burning hatred of the Ripperverse, and it's led to this lawsuit, in my opinion, where it's pretty much an erroneous um, trademark trolling to try and tear down the Ripperverse because you look at the International School of Ministry being an acronym for ISOM, the fact that ISOM is used by, it's, you know, a last name for doctors, there's, you know, it's an acronym for, like, International School of um, Obstrix Medicine, all these sorts of things. So Eric July's um, company, Ripperverse, you know, isn't the only one to use ISOM and, you know, Good Shepherd Ministries and the only one to be using ISOM. And the things that they mention seem to be quite erroneous in terms of the actual confusion being caused, being caused by people who are bad actors, in my opinion. The fact that they say the merchandise that ISOM, that the Good Shepherd's Ministry sells and the Ripperverse sells that has the ISOM branding on it um, is extremely similar. So I, I think it's not something that's going to really hold in court. It's just something that they're doing to try and have um, the case be in California and get a judge that's on their side and try and do all this backhand doorsy stuff, back backdoor, backdoor, backhanded stuff, uh, in my opinion. Now, do I have any proof? Of this, no, so I'm not going to say anything definitively other than the fact that I think this is a very poor case and I do think that uh, the Ripperverse is going to be able to keep making uh, Isom books well into the future. That's my opinion because it's just a completely different market and Isom is being used as a name or as Good Shepherd Ministry uses Isom as an acronym and that's going to be relevant in trademark law as far as I can tell and also you know the fact that the markets are completely different ones you know religious education the other is printed media so you, you've got all these things that are um, points for the Ripperverse being able to keep and use the ISOM name now of course um, the walls are closing in he didn't do anything right um, he filed his LLC to a PO box because he wanted to uh, commit fraud and avoid being served and all these sorts of things that's what you know the haters the detractors are going to be saying and Vito the one who has been uh, accused most um, uh, in this situation because you have the obtuse gnome uh, Gmail account that sent the uh, the letter that started this whole uh, process, you know, made um, associations with um, the biggest problem in the universe and the dick show in, in that email saying, you know, is a journalist from, um, you know, basically those quote unquote organizations. So is it just a, a fan who's using Vito's name um, to use him as a scapegoat or like, like, like I said, there could be um, dark forces operating within California and they're using um, ISOM, International Schools Ministry, to try and take down the Ripperverse. Again, that's, you know, 
putting on my tinfoil hat and, you know, <laughs> squeezing it into my head a little bit too tightly, um, I would say. But I, I do not think, that one, this is going to hold, and two, you know, I can't say definitively if Vito is the one who's, you know, his his fat ass is sitting behind a computer trying to make all of this happen. I can't say that for sure. What I can say for sure is that Vito is definitely has not been acting in good faith, and to act like he have had any intention to ever do so is laughable. So you'll see, you know, he made a tweet saying like, oh, I was willing to say that, you know, none of this is, you know, legitimate or, or whatever. And, but, you know, Eric July just called me a, a pedophile and I, I'm the one who is in the right um, in this in all cases. It's basic. I'm paraphrasing a lot, but that, that's basically the uh, the message that I got fr- from him is that, you know, he can do no wrong. He's correct 100 percent. And I would say that's completely uh, not the case. Definitely not someone who's been acting in good faith with the Ripperverse. And I can understand not liking the book or not liking what he's doing or not liking his personality. But the amount of um, attention and scorn you've given to um, this comic book company is a bit ridiculous at this point. And now there's actual legal consequences to it. So there's a whole lawsuit that's going to go ahead. And now I don't expect... Uh, Eric July to be saying too much about this when you know actual legal proceedings are going to be for sure taking place so I'm sure he's going to stay very low to the ground he'll probably put out maybe a very short video saying you know my lawyers are handling this I'm not going to say anything until we have our day in court and hopefully most likely it's going to go good for uh, my company that's probably he'll probably say something along those lines and I would you know, definitely encourage him to, you know, keep uh, keep low to the ground and just move in a way that you're just going to let the lawyers um, do what they need to do in order to, um, you know, get to uh, that day in court, have it, and then have it resolved where um, the Ripperverse can keep using um, Isom's name to, uh, you know, make books and merchandise, which I think is going to be the most likely result because, like I said, completely different markets and also the fact that is uh, international school of ministry is an acronym for good shepherds ministry whereas isom is being used as a name and also like i said completely different markets but i said that like three times already so i don't think it's something that's going to hold up in court but it's just funny to see and the very interesting thing is that they wanted this to happen in california so i imagine there is a specific judge or specific county they want um this case to be um, done, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it above someone paying somebody off to try and just vindictively um, destroy the Ripperverse because you know you've got people who do not like what Eric July is doing and what um, Eric July's uh, company Ripperverse is emblematic of in terms of the culture. And if that can be destroyed in a meaningful way, then it's going to be a domino effect for independent media, which I would say, even if, let's say, the Ripperverse falls tomorrow, there still is um, a big um, opportunity in independent media, and that's not going to go away if the Ripperverse goes away, which I don't think it's going to happen um, anytime soon, but I just want you to be aware of that. And now... Now that I've had that whole spiel, we're going on to the next co- topic of moral capital. I've talked about this a little bit before, but the left is obsessed with maximizing moral capital. This is why virtue signaling is such an important thing that leftists do on Twitter saying, you know, I support this or I'm an anti-racist or uh, I support a woman's right to get an abortion or all this stuff is that you have to make yourself 
um, very apparent as being on the right side of history. And that's all you have to do to maximize the amount of moral capital you have. So being so moral capital being, you know, it does the average person perceive me as being a moral person uh, and then doing everything you can to maximize that in the sense that, like I said, whenever, you know, you have this whole Israel Palestine war where they're scrambling over do I support Israel or do I support uh, Palestine and that's just saying like okay if I say I support Israel then will people perceive me to be a good person not that you know I genuinely care about the Israelis or I genuinely care about freeing Palestine or anything it's just what do I need to say to be perceived as a good person right and that's why you know when Roe v. Wade was overturned uh, you had all these people saying you know force birth and this and that to make it seem like you know they genuinely care about women's health and all these sorts of things where it's i mean couldn't be farther from the truth and you know you've got all this extreme language so you have to be operating and the most um have to be operating in the most extreme um terminology in order to maximize moral capital so if you present um, you know, any criticism of gender ideology, the pushback against it is transgenocide, right? You're you're advocating for transgenocide, right? You want us all to be dead. If you say there's anything wrong with medical transition or you say that kids can't be trans or we shouldn't be pushing this onto the public school system, then it's a transgenocide. And that's to make it seem like, okay, what you're advocating for is something extreme and I'm against this. So it maximizes the moral capital for me and it minimizes the amount of moral capital capital because if I'm you know criticizing gender ideology and I'm an advocate for this trans genocide which doesn't really exist but that's one thing then it makes me seem like I'm this awful evil horrible person and you're just this righteous moral person who's coming up against me and this is a tactic that the left absolutely loves to use and you'll see it with basically anything like I said abortion trans issues um the LGBTQ um, community. Of course, you've got the whole thing with race where everyone needs to be anti-racist. And we've got, you know, every month, every week, every day is like an indigenous person's day or it's a history month for some minority or something like that. So it's just forced into your mind that you have to take a side and you have to be on the right side in order to have any sort of moral capital. And when you have a sufficient lack of moral capital, then you get canceled and we have this whole thing with cancel culture which is becoming less and less relevant as more and more people get canceled um the the effects of being canceled are going to become less prominent as people just don't care and also with the news cycle filtering so quickly um from one thing to the next it's hard to care about you know what one person said even last week much less 10 years ago so i i do think this concept of uh, moral capital which has got everyone walking on eggshells because it's like do i support the the current thing that's you know down to be with is this something that's going to get me canceled is this the thing that's going to make me seem like a good person or actually being a good person doing the kind compare compassionate and caring thing right because that doesn't mean you know you'll do something that's kind compassionate and caring genuinely and it might come off the wrong way or it might um, be negative for someone in the moment, but for the long term, it's what's best for them, 
right? Um, but, you know, of course, you're not going to get this instant gratification, feel-good result, and people will use that against you. And that's what the left has done. They weaponize this concept where everyone has to be focused on maximizing their moral capital. So you got a virtue signal to everybody. you got to self-censor. And then you have to minimize the moral capital of your opponents, which is why you're operating in this sense of, um, extreme extremes where you know everything's a genocide everything's the end of the world everything's um, the worst thing in the world so it's always DEFCON 1 I believe that's the uh, defense condition 1 being the most extreme right uh, it's always DEFCON 1 it's always the end of the world we're always on the cusp of a, of a genocide of the queer people and the minorities and you know whoever the left is going to deem as a protected class right and you have to operate in that saying you know and anyone who you know is against what the left is pushing you know they're there for these extreme bad awful things happening so it minimizes the moral capital and then they seem like they're bad awful evil people and the people who are trying to maximize moral capital seem good and righteous and kind and caring and compassionate and all the other things that are good so this is the concept of moral capital i know it was a bit of rambling it's just the strategy is to maximize how good you are how good of a person you are perceived as and it's not at all about being a good person it's about being perceived as a good person and you do that by even making your making the perception of yourself better or making the perception of the people you deem to be your enemies worse and the left does this um very well um, you know, both both um, sides, you know, making themselves look better, making their enemies look worse. They've done that very effectively, and that's why they have this strong foothold in the culture. Um, so it's something you should be aware of and something you should just disregard uh, when leftists try to virtue signal or cancel people or all these other ridiculous things that they do to try and maximize the amount of moral capital they have and take away moral capital from people who they perceive to be their enemies or who are their enemies. And with that long rambly episode, uh, I'm going to sign off and we are going to head into the intro. I hope you enjoyed this one. Thank you for being in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. Be sure to follow my substack, velvetroompublishing.substack.com to read Machine to Man and all my other projects.